Hello and welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast, episode 137, which we are recording on all Keeley's Eve, Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. Today, I'm joined by the quiet giggles of James Halliday, aka the Lord of BLP Entertainment. James, what's going on? I always laugh too much, I feel, when you guys are talking, so I was trying to be quiet. Well, that's a good sign that at least someone <laughs> thinks I'm funny. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going well. It's going well. Cheers. Awesome. I keep saying cheers to people at my job, and now I'm saying it to my co-hosts. So rip to me, but at that's least my... I have a thing to toast with. <laughs> that's my sign-off. Whenever I send emails, I always say cheers, and then my signature. So... Have you been doing that pre-pandemic, or is it a pandemic add-on? Oh, no, I've just been doing it since I started writing emails for work. I just didn't, like, bye or see ya or thank you. I don't know. I just, cheers yeah. just felt more natural to me, so that's what I went with. Um, and then we're also joined by Angie at Stellar Smalls, which is Angie's Twitter handle. Angie, what do you use as your sign-off in an email? All the best. All the best. Mm. That's a good one. What if you don't intend the best for that person? <laughs> Passive aggressive. Okay. It, it works universally. It covers yeah. all of the bases. Yeah. No. I got really into just best. Because sometimes it's like, I'm calling myself the best. <laughs> best, Chris. <laughs> um. And then I had an enlightening conversation with an attorney who told me she thinks modern emailing standards should include none of the bullshit and just be a direct sending of the message because why are you doing that? Uh, Which was enlightening, but I still do all the polite niceties because I'm from fucking Wisconsin. (laughs) With that, we're going to jump into the lowdown. If you want to be a part of the conversation or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us on Twitter at MN Gamers Podcast. Please do reach us on Twitter because we want to hear you criticize us for our horrible predictions about the Summer Game Fest because we will be giving you a two-day-old take on something that we don't know has happened yet because of recording shenanigans. Um Time if you travel. don't want to use Twitter, but you do want to engage in time travel, send us an email, perhaps telling us what your chosen email signature sign-off <laughs> is. <laughs> you can do that by sending us an email the old-fashioned way to podcast at MostlyNormalGamers.com. MostlyNormalGamers.com is our out-of-date website that... I still encourage everyone to go to because that's one of the ways to find and access our episodes. And she's covering her face. And she's covering her face. I wasn't throwing shade at anyone. (laughs) I just was literally looking at the website to figure out what episode number it is. And can you tell I'm blushing? (laughs) And she's saying, pray for me, please with her hands. Um, Finally, mostly normal monthly are, on hiatus newsletter, my my turn to cover my face. <laughs> we talked uh, about this the last episode of how we should reintroduce the newsletter. No better time to do it than E3 season. Yeah. 
I'm just saying. Uh, which can be found at mngamers.substack.com, which is the best way to access the 12 back issues, of which I am pretty proud since I literally pulled all-nighters doing them or did them during my all-night work shifts. That's for me to decide. Finally, we have our lovely Google voicemail voice box. Voice box? Voicemail box? Mailbox? Anyways. Phone number. can be reached at 507-291-2991, which I still think is actually a really good phone number. It yeah, is. Right? Uh, the repetition of the three numbers is so good. Just love it. Um, and with that, I would like to kick it over to Pirate Queen Angie to hear what is on your playlist. Because I've been playing Black Flag. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, um... Where did I that come from? Myself. Yeah, so it's fine. Um, I, I've been playing it here and there um, along with other games, but this past week has been that game specifically. I suppose in a little bit of Zelda 1, but... Oh, wow. Yeah, the I mentioned in the last episode I've never played Zelda 1, and have no idea why, but I just beat the level 6 dungeon. Um, so I think there's like 2 left or 3 left. There's two. I think, yeah, yeah. I think it goes to eight. Yeah. Anyway, so pretty excited about it. There's yeah, a lot good of for enemies. you. You're, you're like, like as far as I've ever gotten in Zelda 1, basically. Oh, really? So good job. Yeah, I, I get completely lost by the time I get past the sixth one. I know there's so many screens. Go down seven, one screen, left seven screens, down one. Oh, no. There's nine. I just remembered Death Mountain is a whole rigmarole. The last oh. one, then. Yeah, so you are you got three more. Okay. My goal is to finish it, but um, recently I've been playing the Black Flag one, and um, it's it's interesting so far. I, I realize I'm glad that there's upgrades that have been made in Origins and Odyssey that I've most recently played, so that's nice. I'm glad for that. Um, but I like it so far because I just, I like the piracy nature of it without actually being a pirate. I know many people say that like the pirate ship aspect of that game is the highlight of all of Assassin's Creed. Although I, I don't know if people's opinions generally have shifted towards liking like the newer ones since then. Um, how yeah. are you finding the boat stuff? Because the only thing I remember about playing that game, which was when I was babysitting a kid who had that game at too young of an age, um, don't call it babysitting, was supervising while his parents were on a date. Um, <laughs> was uh, how hard it was for me to learn how to control the pirate ship. Um, and I had to be embarrassed by this like 12-year-old it wasn't that bad um, for control, actually. I had like once I got used to it, it 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 actually clicked a lot faster than I anticipated, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But no, um, I haven't gotten far. Where I can't upgrade the ship yet, or myself for that matter. I think I have like eight thousand royale, so there's not much I can do with that at this point. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so not further along in the story yet. Currently, I have to recruit pirates for my ship. So that's what I'm doing. And I have to go to restricted areas. And I don't like doing that because it's just annoying. But I have to, to save the pirates. Long live the pirates. As their queen, I would hope that you feel that way. Yeah. Although, do you, I don't know, do you, do you like accept the branding as pirate queen if you're not that far into the game? Um, I do. Because I, okay. I already found an outfit once I have enough royale that I want to buy. Ah. How and big I'm, is it, the hat on this outfit? It's the thing. There's no hat. It's just his like. Oh, it's cool hood. Hood situation, but it's, it's an all black situation and I like it. Can you call it a pirate game if there's no big hats? I mean, I'm not Blackbeard, and he was famous for his big hats. Feather. I don't know. I don't have any hot takes about pirates. I don't. I have a friend that's a pirate. A legitimate pirate. Well, no, he just looks like one because he's got one eye. Oh, jeez. Is have, he really uh, a pirate without a wooden leg? Uh, maybe not. He's got I frogs. Mean, <laughs> piratiness is a spectrum, I think. Right? Okay, like, fair enough. You know, is he? Does he have a hook hand? Like, you know, there's all kinds yeah. of criteria that can he's, or cannot be met. He's currently on a sailboat. Is that? Does that? <laughs> that, help, that helps Modern his cause. <laughs> <laughs> put a check in the yes column you know we're for taking tallies um i uh i do i haven't played um very many pirate video games do you think this is shaping up to be one of the great pirate games for you angie i mean i think of um Who's his face is pirates. There's a game that's literally pirates with an exclamation point. What about Sea of Thieves? Oh, sea of I Thieves. didn't I couldn't get into Sea of Thieves. I know it's a huge thing. Like a lot of people are like, yeah, try Sea of Thieves, and I did, and I wasn't into it. Maybe because Sid it was Meier's more... Pirates. Sid oh. Meier's Pirates is supposed to be one of like the goaties. Wow. Um but yeah, Sea of Thieves, I, I never got into Sea of Thieves. Um I tried, I tried, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Just like I tried to get into Minecraft, couldn't do it. But this one I, I do like so far. Even I'm not that far into the game, like three percent, four percent maybe. Yeah, I oh, Secret of Monkey Island too. There's like there's some classic piratey games, but I haven't played any of them. And with Sea of Thieves, I had this issue where. I was the Xbox One person out of my friends and everyone else went PS4. And so my like usual multiplayer friends either were on PS4 or PC. And I just was like, I guess I'm never playing Xbox multiplayer games again. And like Sea of Themes seems like it's basically just multiplayer, especially in that early on phase. Mm-hmm. Um, when it like first came out, it, it seemed like like the fun was just being on the pirate ship with your friends. And so I completely missed out on it. Um, And now I've heard it's like an amazing game after their years of updates and stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. I, um, when I started playing, I got, I was turned off. If you didn't have. Somebody just got shot. I dropped my phone. 
Oh god. It was very loud. Um I forgot what I was saying. Oh, Sea of Thieves. When I uh when I started playing it, if you didn't if you don't have people that you know playing with you like a party, it's not fun. Cuz I tried to play with random people and they're like do this, do that, and I didn't know the control yet, and I was just like, ah, what do I do? Yeah, so it's just like Grand Theft Auto online. (laughs) You need a crew. You need to roll with a crew, or cruise with a crew. (laughs) A literal crew, because you... Sorry, Angie, I didn't mean to talk over you there. (laughs) I was going to say a literal crew, because you're a pirate crew. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't... (laughs) Jesus, yeah. James, get your head out of your ass. <laughs> get your shit together. Ah. <laughs> Speaking of getting your shit together. Oh. <laughs> the game on your playlist, James. Yeah. I'm, have you played this game before? I have never played this game before. Okay, um, so let's talk Jedi Fallen Order, the <laughs> first Soulsborne game I ever beat. <laughs> Is it Soulsborn? I'm. You tell me. I I defer to you as the expert. So I. You know what? I was told that it's very Soulsborny, but I think I think there's elements of it in it. There's there's definitely that that sort of bonfire system where, and then like you rest there, and the enemies respawn. The combat's a little more uh, engaging than just your standard like the standard fights. But uh, there are elements where it just kind of like boils down to a uh, I, I was on a podcast last week and uh, with uh, Adam Palooza at um, oh, what is it his damn it I can't think of his level grinders level grinders podcast and he was mentioning that it's kind of got a uh, Batman Arkham combat style and now that I'm playing it I understand what he's saying because at certain points they just go into like a little like cutscene animation of you just destroying a guy or something like that like if you block at the right time and then attack and it just carries through and stuff like that so it's um it definitely has that kind of flow it's yeah it's interesting yeah i i got the sense because i went straight from i like picked up sekiro played a tiny bit of sekiro put sekiro down and picked up and played all of jedi on the third of four difficulties yeah yeah and then like went into Sekiro, and i was like okay like my parry timing is down i'm like able to engage with the need to block and things like that like i i would have to revisit it after having played like way more to be fair i am playing it on story mode and I'm playing it on story mode, not because like I, that's how I play all my games. I typically play on like on just a normal setting, but I'm playing it on my PC through Games Pass, and my PC is not the best PC, so my frame rate is garbage. And I just got tired of dying to things that like I don't know. I felt like I could handle, but like occasionally it would like stutter and kind of move out of. Um, out of sync so uh i put it to story mode and then if i get take a hit or two it doesn't really matter because they do negligible damage and i'm just really experiencing the story because truth be told i saw that uh jedi survivor trailer and i was like this looks cool 
I really want to be a part of this, like check out this universe now. So I, I, I plugged it in. It's, it's been enjoyable. I really like the, the certain characters in it. Um, I'm not sold on the main character. He's just kind of feels like a placeholder character, like standard white male protagonist. I do like the actor though. So that part of him is like standing out to me, but other than that, his like personality hasn't really like wowed me. Um, but uh, there have been enjoyable characters that I've encountered. I haven't gotten very far. Um, so I wonder, I presumably haven't gotten very far. Um, yeah. Angie, did you ever check out Fallen Order? Or uh, And I would love to, I, I'm in a huge Star Wars phase right now. Late in, late in the game, getting into a huge Star Wars phase. And so I, I would just love to hear, like, um, A, from you too, James, but B, like, Angie, how much, you know, it, are you a Star Wars person? Is Star Wars important to you at all? And, and did you check out Fallen Order uh, at any point? The video game? No, did not. No. Mm. Um, yes, I do like Star Wars, though. What is your favorite like Star Wars thing? Like what is the thing that made you fall in love with Star Wars? Uh, well, I started watching them when I was young. Like my dad had, my dad and I, my brothers would always watch Star Wars whenever I mm. went to visit. It was just a thing. That in South Park. So. <laughs> um, but no, it's, uh, I think the, uh, the one movie that I remember the most was Return, no, Empire Strikes Back and uh, The Phantom Menace. Mm. And then, and then um, Attack of the Clones, which a lot of people don't like that movie, but I like Attack of the Clones. James, what about you? Uh, what like Star Wars history do you bring into playing Jedi, and like how is that informing? Because you said the trailer for Survivor is what actually got you excited, yeah, about jumping. And so I'm curious: Are you a big Star Wars fan? Um, and had you just not checked out Fallen Order because it, it got put on the back burner because you were busy with Sekiro because they dropped it like right around the same time, I think the same year. I was get busy getting bored of Sekiro. No, um, <laughs> I um, I started watching Star Wars when I was a kid as well. Like, uh, of course, like the the, the re releases were coming out. Like they the remastered, not the remastered with like all the CGI stuff. Like there was like a special collector's VHS set. I actually still have it up on my shelf here, but um, um, it, it was like the every movie starts with like. Um, George Lucas having an interview and you have to fast forward through that interview because it's garbage. Um, but uh, yeah, basically I, I watched those movies growing up um, and then episode one comes out and I remember being a kid and really excited for it. And then every time I went back to watch it, I was like, why did I, why did I like this? But um, so the prequels didn't do anything for me and I, I get, some people that love them. I think for me, Star Wars is and always was like the the dirty, rugged sort of like nothing really works on your spaceship. You're trying to just get from just trying to survive. Right. And you're trying to be the heroes. 
the Jedi's were a mystery and everything was just like, there's a degree of mysticism. Uh, but now, like, I don't know, a lot of the stuff that comes out of Star Wars now is like everybody and their dog has a lightsaber and the, the force has been explained. And I don't know, it's just that doesn't excite me anymore. So um, I was excited for um, what was the one that Gary Widow wrote, Rogue One. Um, I was excited for Rogue One, watched it and honestly wasn't didn't enjoy it. Uh, mm-hmm. I enjoyed aspects of it. Like, I think they nailed the style, like the 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 thematic style of that movie was what I imagined Star Wars was. I just wasn't sold on the story. I thought it was kind of lackluster. Um, and I know a lot of people disagree with me, and that's totally fine. That's just what I took away from it. Um, yeah, I just I don't really think I think I don't like Jedi is really what it comes down to. I like the the more like I loved the Mandalorian. I thought the Mandalorian was great. Um mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, I've been watching Obi-Wan. Not really like I'm it's okay. I, I just haven't been sold on it. Um but that and that's that's just how I feel. I, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it other than I think I just kind of get bored with the Jedi shtick. But Fallen Order has been felt has felt like more old Star Wars with the lightsabers. Like he's not doing backflips and spins. He's not throwing his lightsaber around. His force is really like minimal so far. And I'm happy with that. I was like, this is what I want out of it. He doesn't seem like overly powerful, like some, uh, some God. So I, that's where I like my Star Wars, where the force is minimally used. um, And the, uh, the lightsabers are, um moderated <laughs> Brad, well i'm glad it's like working for you so far yes um, and... i'll be curious to hear what you think like as he you know obviously there's like a level up system where you're strengthening your force powers mm-hmm. uh, as one of like the three things that you can invest points into so um i want to hear about what you think like about where cal Kesta ends up sorry cal Kestis ends yeah. up um at the end of the game. Um, I found in playing that game that I really liked his surrounding cast and the ship all that's, stood out to me. Yes, that's... And obviously BD1 is... It's adorable. Very cute. Um, yeah, no, the ship, the, the that's what I'm saying, is the surrounding cast is what has been intriguing me the most about it. Um, and then, uh, well, watching Obi-Wan alongside this, it's like I'm seeing like, oh, like these third sister, second sister Inquisitor characters are in both these series. And it's like, this is the first time I, I read the I used to read Star Wars books growing up, too. And it's like I all of that's thrown out the door. So everything I thought I knew about Star Wars is it's not true anymore. And it's all Disney stuff. Right. So. I'm, uh, I'm I feel like I'm relearning a history that I don't I'm not I don't know. You just miss Mara Jade a lot is what you're saying. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can't you're even like, rebels. That's not my Grand Admiral Thrawn. <laughs> I only I, only the one from the Thrawn trilogy will do for me. Anyways, enough yeah. Star Wars talk. Good I'm idea. excited to see how you progress in the game. As as I said earlier, I'm I'm deep in it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, episode eight's the best one. Don't at me. No, Empire. 
Empire's the best one. Anyhow, <laughs> with that said, I'm playing a lot of cool stuff on Game Pass right now. I've been checking out some prestige indies that have been getting a lot of hype in the underground. Um, and speaking of underground, uh, one that came out, I think, in 2020, originally on PC, and then had some releases across Switch and other platforms, is Umarangi Generation. Um, have either of you heard of this game at all? I follow it on Twitter, and it's been like one of the, I, I want to pick it up, but I'm also like hesitant to pick it up, because it just it just looks so strange and avant-garde. That you're, you're like a photographer in it, right? Yeah, so it is it is a photography game. Um, it has cool, like, I almost want to call it like PS one and a half graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've really enjoyed the soundtrack so far. Um, I've played through the first and second levels of it. Um, I started the game in uh, doing the cloud streaming to my Xbox, which is something that I think is like a really great way to check out some of these smaller games as like almost like a demo opportunity without needing to wait at all. Like, I I think it's really cool that you can literally just like boot up this beta feature and jump into some of these games that, you know, sometimes when you have to wait for it to install, I get distracted and then I'm off doing something else and I forget that I wanted to check it out in the first place. So there's like, much less friction to get me in the door. Um, and I ended up installing it, um, but I only played through the first two levels. Um, there is a lot of background narrative being woven together. Um, there's a bunch of like commentary about the UN and like addressing a big crisis and how the UN went about that. And then uh, you're just a photographer with a checklist of different things that they need you to take photos of. Um, And so after beating the first level, I unlocked the wide angle camera lens. And in the second level, it said I need a picture of, I think, 19 solar panels using your wide angle lens. And that was the the only guidance on on this list. You know, there was like seven other objectives, um, all of which were different things that they wanted pictures of. Um, And that one was specifically with a wide angle lens. Um, And so the, uh, you know, I've listened to too much critique from, you know, Waypoint really loved it. Um, and it was a lot of people over at Waypoint's Game of the Year in 2020. And so I don't want to like bring any of their criticism that I already have rattling around in my head, but it's definitely been helpful in informing the way that I think about playing the game, which has been um, kind of saying like, A, there's more of a story going on here than you just take pictures and accomplish what's on the checklist, right? And so it's like using your camera lens and your character to explore this space that has a story going on in it that you are not a part of, but that you're observing as a person who's who's experiencing the consequences of it, which I think is really interesting to be kind of like that step removed from it. Um, but then B knowing the arguments of like, you know, you're getting paid for these photos, which means you're, you're basically out on assignment for someone. And the assignment is loose enough that you have kind of some artist discretion to try and do it in a creative and creatively fulfilling way. Or you could do it as a very like work a day, like, look, here's your picture of seven birds. I took a picture of seven birds. Right. And I think like, um, as pointed out by Waypoint, like there's some really interesting friction between 
that desire to do artistic work or work that's pushing boundaries or just work that's getting the job done to get you paid because you want to move on to the next job. Um, and I am pretty impressed with the game. I, I found the controls to be a little bit finicky, um, but really not too much um, on console because it was originally a PC game. Um, and I would recommend anyone at least check it out. Um, it's on Game Pass um, and I, it's on PC and Xbox through Game Pass. And you can do the cloud streaming. So it, it's it's very accessible through that if you have that service. Um, the game that has kept me up, I, uh, I ended up staying up past my bedtime last night uh, playing my third session of Citizen Sleeper, uh, which is a game that came out this year, um, which is a, a narrative-based um, game that in, involves uh, slotting dice into different things to, to determine your outcomes for them. I think I mentioned it um, a couple episodes ago when I was on, um, and I had only barely scratched the surface of it. Um, I'm further into... Uh, the bulk of the story at this point. Um, I've been interacting with a, a sentient AI that I'm trying to help out, as well as a father and daughter who I'm trying to help escape the space station that we're all um, spending our time on. Um, the game's writing is impeccable. The character portraits are beautiful, hand-drawn, like super cool character art. And um, the mechanics all are telling a story of trying to get by in a system that doesn't want you to succeed. Um, and uh, I think um, it's raised a lot of awareness of kind of existing with a disability under capitalism is basically where my brain's like fixated on it. Um, it's also on Game Pass. Um, I don't, I think it's, I mean, if it of all the games that you could play on game streaming on Game Pass, I would say this is perfect for it. It's it's not an action game. It's it's all narrative choices and and very menu driven, and so it, it would work really well for Game Pass streaming if it's on it. I'm not 100 sure about that, but I do know it's on Game Pass on PC and on Xbox. Um, and uh, the writing got me to choke up last night. I teared up a little bit um, at some of the story beats. So I, I think it's really well done um, and super worth people's time. Um, I think I'm nearing the, the end of the game and I think I, I put in like four hours or five hours at most yesterday. So I'm not, I mean, uh, you know, they could move the field, you know, they could move the goalposts on me a couple more times to use a strained football metaphor. But, um, I, I think I am inching towards the end of the game and I, uh, it, it's been like in a blink of an eye. Um, so those are what I've been playing. Um, Game Pass is awesome. Game Pass, mm -hmm. especially when I'm trying to fit in more stuff and take a break from some of the bigger games. It's cool to have just a smorgasbord of indies to check out. Mm -hmm. um, I recommend both of them. I definitely want to try the Umarangi generation. It's been it's been definitely something on my radar for some time. I think it would work great on switch too. I, I even not, unless it's like super poorly optimized, I think it would run mm. really well on switch. And, um, I think there's like a, a tactileness of like having a handheld in a game that you're using a camera that is really yeah. appealing. With all of that, it's time to celebrate all Keeley's Eve with a news break. 
pregnant pause. I know I was trying to see how long we could go. <laughs> uh, so um, it's not E3. It's uh, Summer Game Fest uh, kicking off tomorrow, which uh, is yesterday for those of you listening on Friday. Um, we had been doing some spelunking of, of Jeff Keeley's Twitter feed to try and to piece together what we expect to see, uh, what we know we're going to see, and then uh, some wild speculation about what we might see um, at the big kickoff stream uh, tomorrow. Um, and uh, I think uh, we'll start off with kind of what are some of the known quantities and, and what we hope to see from a few of these titles that I think we know are going to show up there. Um, I know there's been promotion around uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns, uh, which is from the XCOM studio uh, doing the kind of mystical death metal vibe, uh, like Marvel tactics game, um, tactics RPG, I think they're pitching it as. Um, I think this got revealed at last year's. I think you're right. I'm not mistaken. Um, I would love to see a release date. I'm just going to say it. I think that game probably is coming out this year. And frankly, I feel like there's a dearth of stuff for the second half of the year. Although maybe I always feel that way before E3 slash summer game fest hits. So um, I, I don't know. Are you expecting anything out of this James or Angie? I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm, uh, I'm down for, I love Marvel. So that's one big selling point. Uh, but um, Midnight Suns is like, it's, it's a, it's kind of like the, the spectra, uh, supernatural element, like team that was put together in the Marvel comics. So focusing on that sort of elements kind of is exciting just to dip away from like the typical superhero stuff. Um, and I think it, it will get a chance to see a lot of really cool characters come out of it. Plus there's like, like a midnight feature in that trailer at all. Cause no. speaking of mystical... I know he hasn't, but I have a strong feeling he will be because there's two unannounced characters on the roster and I have a feeling that Moon Knight might be one of them because he would fit right into that Marvel Knights Midnight Sun kind of element there. Uh, yeah. uh, but I believe the original team had like Damien Hellstrong, um, Morbius. God forbid we get Morbius in this. Are we going to morb out? <laughs> I hope not. The big um, two. The big two remaining <laughs> Morbius. So we can all morb out. <laughs> and Moon Knight so that yeah. uh, they can capitalize on the success of the show and the Ghost Riders of course but I, it looks like they're using the newest Ghost Rider which is uh, he drives a car instead of a motorcycle mm. yeah it, it's actually it was a pretty good run I remember reading some of it and enjoying it so I'm excited some to of the see art that. from it really stood out to me I, I yeah think it was really art. On that one. Really cool. I'm excited for it. I, it's also like there's like an element of like a deck builder in it. Like you draw cards with your abilities on it. And oh, I, uh, I, I, you know, I, a lot of people were like turned off by it. But like that was like 
nope, I'm even more in now. Like, because I don't know, there's like just an element of uh, ridiculousness to it that doesn't make me have to like become like super hardened and focused and tactical. I can I can rely on a bit of chance. Oh, yeah. I never watched this gameplay reveal they did a while ago. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's where I come off on it. Angie, you got any excitement about this Marvel Tactics RPG? Um, I haven't uh, I haven't heard anything about it before today, so that's surprising to me. <laughs> They're really not breaking through <laughs> with this one. Man. Blade yeah. Doctor Stephen Strange, Captain Marvel, everybody's here. Iron Man for some reason. Wolverine. A person who I don't recognize. See, now I'm just watching So there is a character in it that is going to represent the player. And so you get to create your own character. So that character might be just a (laughs) random player character. character, Yeah. If you get to create your own, what would you create yours to be? Oh, my God. I don't know. That's a tough call. Yeah, this is like asking, like, what's your hidden superpower? Yeah, and mine's always boring. I just want to breathe underwater. <laughs> mm. um, so you want to be Aquaman? I, I, I don't even want to be Aquaman. I just want to get away from the surface and hide out on the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> but I also love the water, so. I will say, side note, it would be cool to be able to breathe underwater and to go into the, the depths of the earth that mm-hmm. hasn't really been explored, like the blacked out areas, because there mm. was this photographer that I've seen recently, his photo that he took of a transparent baby octopus. Oh, that's, you yeah, that's sweet. You see its brain and everything. It was, actually looked really cool. Oh, that's cool. nuts. Oh, I want to see this picture. I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm Google searching transparent baby octopus. I always wanted Nightcrawler's teleportation ability when I was a kid. Bamfing. Bamf, yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, I think some sort of teleportation or um, I know there is, uh, I think, is it Blink that can do the portals in the mutant? Blink can throw, she throws like shards that open portals. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I was picturing some sort of like portal gun ability to do some, some, not even like aggressive teleportation, but more like, although I've always wanted to be able to teleport. You're telling me I can just instant, instant transmission Dragon Ball Z style and never have to worry about a commute again. Okay. But what about this? What if, (laughs) if you teleport? You still have to exert the same amount of energy as it would be to run that distance. It's a good thing I've been doing my part. <laughs> I just don't like being late to things. It yeah, makes no. me anxious. I so totally if I get real, it. Like, like if I had to be heaving and hoeing, but at least <laughs> I wasn't late. Like I'd even, I'll accept your sweat just, that I would have. Like, yeah, I'll just drenched. It. And y'all don't know me like that, but like there would be pit stains. Um, but I'll take the pit stains over being late. Um, oh, yes, it is an incredible picture of this baby octopus's brain. And I also want it to be my friend. And it's my new favorite Pokemon. Thank you, Andy. 
Um, I'm looking at a list of of uh, common superpowers. Um, one of them that I would there's two I would choose that I see right off the bat. Um, bringing the dead back to life. Oh. But also, you risk is it them still, right? Yeah. That's what I would think. Like, is it really them that you're bringing back, or is it just a, some different form? Other one would be talking to animals because I love animals. Yeah, and then you could have a conversation with this baby octopus. Probably <laughs> say, get the fuck out of my face. I need the darkness. Um, yeah. Uh, I. Looking at the list of stuff we know is yeah. going to be it tomorrow. Callisto, Callisto Protocol gameplay stands out a lot to me as a Dead Space 1 fan. But mm. um, watching that stuff um, from Sony's uh, state of play a couple of weeks ago or last week, next-gen horror stuff might be too violent for me, y'all. Like, did, did you hear the si- about Silent Hill? The rumor that there is going to be a Silent Hill from Bloober. So, from VGC, um, posted by Jordan Miller, Midler, sorry, uh, Silent Hill movies, direct- movies director says he's written a script for a third film. Mm. Christoph Gans says his new film will be unrelated to the previous two, though. But he has started writing a script. Interesting. Yeah, I think I, I saw that earlier today. I never, I didn't read the article. I just, um, but yeah, that's. I know, I know, uh, Konami is really kind of pushing with this. Like, apparently, they've got multiple Silent Hill games in the works. And if there's like a new movie, they're really going for it, I guess. If there was ever a time to do a movie, it would be in coordination with a new game. Yeah. <clears throat> Set to be coming out in uh, 2023. Interesting. Interessante. But you think it would be coming out in 23 if he started writing the script, that'd be a pretty quick movie, yeah? Because yeah? yeah. it takes a while to produce it. Mm-hmm. The so this is the the director of the first film, not the second film. Which I like the first film. I know it was bad, but I enjoyed it. I thought it really nailed the aesthetic of Silent Hill. Um, but yeah, I, I I'd watch it. Soft Gans. Yeah. But yeah, do you think? But now. Do you think we're going to see a Silent Hill tomorrow? Or even this weekend? If they have some sort of gameplay or just video on it, it'd be cool to see. Just yeah. because having another horror game added to the list. It's time. Alley lately. It's time for the next gen horror games to drop, right? Because we're yeah. getting Callisto. Dead Space remake is next year. I think, I don't know. I don't, I refuse to do any speculation about what Konami's doing or thinking at any time. 
Pachinko machines is a good guess. I don't trust them to do anything other than make pachinko machines. So <laughs> I will be pleasantly surprised if there's a new Silent Hill or a Silent Hill 2 remake from Bloober Team or Yeah. I I also like that's not a universe I've played in. I was a scaredy cat child and the flubber trailer gave me nightmares. <laughs> so like we weren't messing around with Silent Hill. Fair enough. Um, now, would I love the chance to go and experience Silent Hill 2? Potentially. I think I could probably tolerate it. If there's Turns any... Flubber, kind of a funny movie. <laughs> not a horror. <laughs> not, uh, not a science fiction horror. Film. If there's any for a non-fan of the series to get into, it's 2. Silent Hill 2 is kind of separated from the story as it tells a story of one man in Silent Hill rather than like the overarching like because a lot of Silent Hill revolves around a cult and mm-hmm. uh, the uh, basically the cult and they're like they have like the symbol which is like the halo of the sun or the and it basically like they're they're trying to I don't know they're creating a god on earth and doing crazy stuff burning people alive you know the normal stuff that you do but uh in dark Souls, or dark souls god damn it you know what i've been playing <laughs> lately um in uh silent hill 2 the um the main protagonist is um is kind of like this dude who's like looking for his wife because he received a letter from her to come to silent hill but the thing is his wife is dead and so it's like this singular story about this man going through like like experiencing like inner turmoil and like you learn more about the character as he explores this horror world that his wife has like sent him to. Um, and so, yeah, it's uh, I think it is a really good game about a really shitty protagonist. And uh, I think it is an absolute must play for any, especially if somebody is a fan of like horror, but it's also like it's it degree it blends more into like the psychological than it does the like, um like grotesque horror or something like that. Like you're not yeah having like a like the most disgusting creatures are typically like um it's a lot of like flesh pulled over top of things that it shouldn't be. I think there's like a picture frame of flesh and a bed frame and stuff like that like you fight but a lot of the people are just like mounds of like just amorphous blobs with legs and stuff like that Um, did you know there was a release of Silent Hill 2 on that original Xbox was it the remastered version like because they did a re like a remastered re-release copies of uh, Silent Hill 2 but I did not know that it was on the original Xbox. No. Metacritic has it on the same same year as regular old Silent Hill 2. So I guess it's, it's the original. Silent Hill 2 Restless Dreams. Interesting. I that's, didn't know about that one. Sorry, I'm scheming. Because anytime, th- anytime I hear about a, an original Xbox game, I'm like, oh, is that on back compatibility? Maybe I give it a play, especially if if it's the original version, that's the one you want to play. They did a remastered version a while back. Not as good. It's just like, I think what happened was like, it talks about how like they used fog 
in conjunction with the, like the limitations of the uh, hardware back on the original consoles. Like you couldn't, the, the draw distance wasn't far enough. So they just hid everything in fog. So it created this like eerie atmosphere of like, I don't know what's in front of me. I can hear things coming um, instead of using darkness, which was a really like interesting choice. However, when they re- re-released it, the draw distances were way more powerful. So they diminished some of the fog, which kind of ruined the experience for a lot of people who were like trying to get back into it. And they're like, why? I can see things for way too far away. Like they just kind of like ruined that claustrophobia of that. The, uh, the fog can uh, basically feel like it's smothering you. And they anyway, diminished the ambiance. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a way more eloquent way of putting it. <laughs> We're going to see Warhammer 40k Dark Tide, which I'm pretty sure is like a big swarm fighting game a la like Left 4 Dead. Or like Vermintide, but for right. 40k. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to get a gameplay reveal of Gotham Knights or gameplay deep dive into Gotham Knights of some kind, I'm sure. There's going to be Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 gameplay. I... It started to get very confusing now that there's Modern Warfare Reboot 2. I don't. How do people in the Call of Duty community talk about this game? Because I'm not in it like that. Uh, I think the way you talk about it is only the most recent Call of Duty matters. So all the old ones are dead to you. A lot of people were hung up on like Black Ops 2. But, yeah. So I don't know if that's actually true. Like, I feel like uh, Black fair Ops 2 had an ongoing multiplayer scene well into years after it came out. Not a lot of people were happy with Vanguard, so people are anticipating that this game, we're hoping this game will turn out because Vanguard kind of dropped off the wayside. Yeah, Vanguard hit like a ton of, like, balloon i don't know i feel like hitting like a brick is a bad thing but like it at least has impact whereas like i feel like vanguard hit like a bunch of balloons and it just didn't make any kind of impact yeah a lot of people are not happy with it but then i mean isn't warzone still just as popular as ever or has has vanguard's kind of lack of success kind of diminished warzone as well yes yeah. To the second part. Um, I think I think people when they found out that Vanguard wasn't super great, they tried Battlefield 2042 and then that has been a shit show also kind of like a cyberpunk release. There's a lot of bugs, but they're still doing patches, what have you. Um, so they're hoping that this one is very beloved games, the Modern Warfare series, so they're hoping it's gonna be better. Yeah, so sequel to, or direct sequel to um, the 2019 Modern Warfare reboot. That's um, my understanding. And that was the I one did. where they were really pushing, like, hey, like, this is, it was, was it the new engine at that time? Or I know it was, like, a big push on, like, having, like, didn't they bring some folks from Naughty Dog on to do the narrative design for that one? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not positive on that one. I'd have to like, I think it was their real their reveal for it was like a really tense scene where you're like in um, 
in a war zone, like trying to interact with a family and you don't know if they're armed or something like, um, I think it, it was one of their like bigger pushes on like super serious narrative. Yeah, can't wait for that acquisition to close so I can play all these games on Game Pass and finally be able to talk <laughs> intelligently about them. Well, switching to Gears more happy, I posted um, something in the Slack about Sonic. Did you guys hear about Sonic Frontiers, the open world game? It kind of, I watched it and I'm like, I. I like I love Sonic, but I'm so attached to the classic Sonic that I'm not sure how I feel about this one. And because it's so much like um, Breath of the Wild, that it's almost like a copy, but not. If that makes sense. Yeah, I I talked about this with Adam on um, Level Grinders the other day as well, and I guess for me it just felt hollow. I guess like the. The enemies were uninspired. The combat didn't seem super exciting. The world seemed kind of like it looks beautiful, but it just looks unfinished. It looks like somebody like has been dragging and dropping like random objects into this world that really don't. I don't know. Like you can see rails in the skies, and um, I don't know. It, I honestly, it bored me. It wasn't. If I was playing it, I would probably not be enjoying it. However. I heard there was a tweet that was put out today um, from, I believe, the guy who was reviewing it. And he was saying that what wasn't shown is there is a level up system. Like you upgrade your powers, you um, uh, eventually you solve puzzles to get abilities, you uh, open portals and go into linear uh, levels that are inspired by older games. Um, and then you complete those levels to get chaos emeralds, and then you come back to the open world. Um, so the puzzles though reminded me of Breath of the Wild so much. Yeah, so kind of like, I do. I want to do it again. If I do, I'm going to play <laughs> Breath of the Wild. Yeah, for the third time because I, I don't know. Well, the, there's no. such something so beautiful about like Breath of the Wild's like emergent uh, game design. That just makes it so replayable. Whereas like Sonic, you jump and you like home at home spin attack at somebody, and then you just do that over and over again. I don't know. Doesn't doesn't seem like it's got the same level of creativity that Breath of the Wild brought with it. Maybe it'd be more for kids. Yeah, maybe to bring them towards the Sonic team. Who knows? I saw a lot of Sonic apparel and Sonic fan art when I volunteered at an elementary school last week. So kids love Sonic. Kids that do love Sonic. Movie came out, Sonic and, 2 and it yeah. didn't Sonic 2 come out recently. Yeah, it was it a good movie. I heard it was really good. So, yeah. I mean, I went without my kids. That's how interested in the movie I was. How rude. I know. Oh, well. I took my kids to see the first one, but it was filmed in my hometown, so we were all excited just to see our hometown. Yeah. I, the only Sonic games that I've ever loved, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, so that I could mess around with the Chow Garden, and Sonic Advance. (laughs) There you go. Game Boy Advance, and I like it. 
Yeah. I don't, I just, I don't know. Um, James and I were having a pessimistic discussion before the show. And I think Sonic is a victim to my pessimism where I'm just like, there's so, so many games that I've never played in my backlog. I just don't think a Sonic game is going to ever reach the bar to supersede me spending that time on any one of the like tens of games that I already own. I think Sonic in general struggles with the fact that they want it to be like a fast paced running game, but then they are trapped in these like, how do you do that and keep like the player engaged and not like what the hell is going on? Cause the original games, honestly, like it had this like blur of like, you're flying around the levels, you're hitting things, you're flying up. Like the levels are mazes. They're massive, like labyrinthine mazes. And I don't know. I felt like as, even as a kid, I had no idea where I was going. And then they go into the, like the, more modern like 3d games and they have like they're trying to like capture that uh momentum i don't know i i just don't think i don't know they feel very bland and like i don't know they don't excite me whenever i see a sonic game and um because like you have to slow down to fight enemies i think that's counter to like the desire for speed in those games it's almost like it should be a on rails type game it i don't know i mean a big facet of these 3d sonic games is literally rail grinding so yeah um yeah i and and i know there are a lot of people who are passionate passionate fans of this series and i i don't i'm not here to start any kind of war it just um it's not i don't know i've never felt because of the need for him to move so fast Mm -hmm. i've never felt like the controls are that tight yeah. yeah, and that's always hard for me when I feel like I'm not controlling the character the way I want to. Yeah. Um, with that, I do want to jump into some of our more speculative parts of the show for what we think we'll see tomorrow. Um, and I, we have this educated guesses section with, uh, Bloober team possibly showing off that Silent Hill game or uh, Layers of Fear. Um, Mihoyo is listed. Those are the creators of Genshin Impact. Uh, so there's either, a, I, I think they showed off a, a character reveal last year um, during the, the big event. Uh, so we could get a new Genshin character uh, or some information about whatever Genshin patch is up next. But uh, we could also see Zenless Zone Zero, which is their like kind of cool punk rocky looking rpg follow-up to genshin impact um dotemu is listed so we could see more of uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles shredder's revenge which is that awesome uh throwback style side scroller um and then because it's keely that also means there's kojima in the <laughs> atmosphere are we more likely to see Death Stranding 2 or this rumored horror game that's been called Overdose? Do either of you have an opinion on that? I feel like with the leak of Death Stranding 2's existence, maybe it's more likely to be that, but uh, I don't know what you two think. 
Yeah, I honestly, I know there's a lot of like Kojima's also re- like talked at, like a lot about wanting to do a horror game, especially after he had that Silent Hills demo that uh, never got to uh, see the light of day. Um, I felt like a lot of his Silent Hills, like kind of the I, I don't know. I felt like he was getting a bit of that out in the original Death Stranding. There's a lot of, there's horror elements to that game, especially with like the, uh, the, what are the B BTs, the, mm. the creatures that are like le- walk with hands, but are invisible and are, I don't know. There's some really creepy elements to them. And I genuinely was uh, on edge whenever they were around. Like, uh, so I think there is, I think he got a bit of that out, but yeah, maybe, maybe he is actually working on a ground up horror game. And I'd be down, I'd be down with Kojima level horror, but uh, I feel like, I feel like the leak didn't give a a lot of information um, outside of like, like there's obvious speculation that it's like Silent Hill, which I do not think, I don't think that's a, a, that's a thing. I remember, uh, I was people are like drawing comparisons to like the logo of the what is it overdose I think it was called and uh the uh V looks like a triangle and they're like saying oh it's a reference to pyramid head and then the O has the halo of the uh the sun or whatever the the cult from Silent Hills kind of logo in it and uh I don't know I think people are almost projecting at that point if it's not like completely fabricated right i'm gonna say death stranding 2 is more likely than overdose i don't i don't know which i i with both of them leaking i don't know one was literally the word from the horse's mouth Mm -hmm. but that could be really early on um yeah, that's with true. Norman Reedus literally being like, "Hey, we're making another one of these." Um, I loved, um, I loved Kojima's follow up to that, which is like he's got like the bat from I think The Walking Dead, and he's like swinging it at Norman uh, Norman Reedus's head, <laughs> who while he is like on his knees, in a in a, in Negan style. Negan is that the character? Yeah, didn't even watch the season with Negan in it. I just know because he's in Tekken 7 and I saw that piece of news somewhere. <laughs> has the bat. There you go. <sighs> I'm exhausted by the things I save in my brain. Um, finally, we have the wild speculation zone. I've thrown some ideas based off of Keeley's list of partners from a, a while back that's on his Twitter account. But um, I think uh, with us being at about the hour mark, I want to hear one piece of wild speculation from each of us about what game could be shown at Summer Game Fest's kickoff festival uh, live stream that would make you get the E3 hype vibes that I think it's trying to to reach. Um, I know the double jumping horse from Elden Ring was what got me going last year. Um, and so in order to reach those double jump heights, <laughs> again, um, Persona 6 coming to Switch 
2024. That's that's my call. I'm calling my shot. Oh, Persona Six just coming to Switch. Um, I I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Mega Man Twelve would get my hype up. I know that's that's not a very popular series anymore, but I fucking love them. They're what made me absolutely fall in love with games. So Mega Man Twelve for me. Um, Mega Man Battle Network Collection on the Nintendo Switch. Hmm. Yeah. Network Legacy Collection. They could even put that really hard, hard, hard GameCube platformer that they put in the Battle Network. Oh yeah, I have that one. I like that one. I really enjoyed it. Too hard for me. I'm bad at Mega Man games, though, James. Oh, fair enough. Um. Yeah, it had a card element to it because that they took from the Battle Network games too. Uh, Network Transmission, it was called. Mega Man Network Transmission. The first game I ever 100%ed was Mega Man Battle Network 3 Blue and White. And you had to connect the two games to one another. Nice. And accomplish certain goals in both. Angie, any game that could be announced tomorrow that would send you flying into the air like Torrent, the double jumping horse goat <laughs> for a strained metaphor. That was very strange. Um, if they... I highly doubt this will um, happen, but if they made a, a remake of the original Counter-Strike game Ooh. from the original xbox the xbox version of counter-strike was fun and xbox and steam are both both listed on that partners list i have very fond very fond memories of playing that game a lot with my brother uh hours upon hours just teaming on terrorists or being terrorists yeah how much time did you spend on DS Dust? Uh-huh. What? <laughs> There's a map called DS Dust. <laughs> I think. Um, anyways. It, One of the first first-person shooters I ever played was Counter-Strike. Nice. On the, on the PC. And Halo PC. Anyhow. To Dust 2. And many, many hours. Short Dust is also another one. I think um, I was trying to find the one I played most. And I think Dust 2 was one of the main ones I played the most. Um, pretty sure. Wasn't there one that was like an ice place too? I remember an ice level, but that might have been a fan, like a mod level. Not that I remember. I want to see a time splitters too remake or just a new time splitters that's what about what about what about what about elden ring dlc elden ring doesn't need dlc that game is way too long as it is (laughs) a hundred and 30 hours into a game and I still haven't beat it? I don't know. <laughs> You're telling me I got 
more than 11 more hours left. I'm I'm just, I'm also trying to do like everything, like all the optional stuff. So I'm I should just finish it and then get back into it and do all the other stuff. Anyway, that's <laughs> maybe we will. I don't think we will, though. That's Let's how they it. made it game of the year, because it's the only game that you'll have time to play this year. If you play yeah. it. Oh, with all of that, that's going to do it for the show this week. Angie and James, thank you both so much for hanging out tonight. Um, Angie, where can everyone find you on the internet if they want to? At Stellar Smalls. Indeed. And James, what about you? Uh, you can find me at Butlord Primus on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And you can uh, check me out playing video games poorly at uh, twitch.tv slash BLP Entertainment. You Which sound is... embarrassed to say Butlord Primus. But it is. But you're confident <laughs> saying BLP Entertainment. <laughs> I don't know why. No, Butlord Primus is just such a juvenile name. But I can't change it at this point. Very silly. You can find me at VG Occasion on Twitter, where I will occasionally not, not be able to. I, I uh, was not even supposed to work tomorrow, and uh, I am doing some last minute coverage for a coworker. So I will not be following along live as Keely shakes up the world of video game entertainment. Uh, <laughs> but you can get my post hoc opinion. If there's anything that stands out to me, I will write a tweet. And that tweet will say, wow, blank sure looks good. And that's all I'm going to say. Agreed. You can find the podcast at MN Gamers Pod on Twitter. MN Gamers Podcast. Sorry, I cut it short. You can email us at podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Please leave us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice. Check out our polls. Let us know, since we'll be doing a follow-up episode covering everything from the Keeley 3 summer game mess and the, uh, I believe, June 12th is Sunday is going to be an xbox bethesda showcase just like the good old days um please 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 reach out on twitter reach out in our email reach out through our voicemail and let us know what game got you the most excited during this pseudo e3 season it is the most wonderful time of the year i cannot lose the holiday spirit that used to thrive in my veins of excitement about new games so Please, please, please get us excited, too, by letting us know what's standing out to you this week. And have a great weekend. That's going to do it for us. Everyone, go watch some game announcements. Bye. Bye. Bye.